6th chapter, Ephesians 10th verse. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Then in James 2.19, and this is where I get my text, Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. My text this afternoon is how a Bible revelation of the one true God can start a revival of signs, wonders, and miracles. We've got to get it out of our head and our heart where we can release it with power and with authority. Shall we bow our head? Father, if I ever needed you, I need you now. I thank you for ministers and I thank you for angels here. But since this is about you, I need you. I need your hand. I'm still just a babe. I'm still just an apprentice. No one knows all about you. I thank you, Lord. And I have one request this afternoon. That every devil in hell and out of hell will see the one true God while I preach. Because I know what it makes them do, tremble and quake. Therefore, in the name of Jesus, Lucifer, all the fallen angels and demons, I command you to hear that Jesus Christ is Lord. And He is God manifested in the flesh. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And everybody said, the devil is trembling. Thank you. You can be seated. I will not endeavor to try to preach just the one God sermon today. I want to show you how to release the power of it. We've had great men in the past that God spoke to, Brother Andrew Urshan, might have used of God. I remember as a young man hearing about the miracles that happened in his ministry. 
the cripple walking. And it was because of his great revelation. Brother G.T. Haywood, another mighty man among us, days gone by, had this revelation. God mightily anointed him. Most every one of us has some of his books. Sitting somewhere in the crowd today is another man that has gone deeper into this subject than any man I know, Brother Kenneth Reeves. Somebody wonders why angels walk with him. Don't you know that God's angels love to walk with people that preach and teach the truth? There's two sets of angels, you know. There's God's, and then there's another set that follows the false church. And Brother Kenneth Reeves has many books written on this subject. And I have enjoyed them and talking to him over the years. But I read, I read the scripture to you, we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but spiritual wickedness in high places. The call for 19 and 89 is this, the call to battle, the call to war. We're not fighting flesh and blood. We're fighting principalities, spiritual wickedness in high places. It's great to cast out a devil and a human being, but I come to you with a message today that we need men that can do more than just cast the devil out of a human being. We have principalities up there, powers that's destroying the United States of America and the whole world. Somebody has to rise up that can meet the devil. Now, I've been introduced a few times as a prophet. I don't know it if I am. But I got to thinking this past year, I want to be one. Not to tell Brother Archer and Brother Tinney what to do. Uh, not to tell that. Now, I'm not interested in that. They know what to do. I'd like to be able to tell the devil what to do. I'd like to tell him when to get on and when to get off. We're up against some things. We need to raise our sights a little. Let us attack the big boys up there. And they'll get all confused and they can't operate down here like they'd like to. Now, I... I think if we're going to attack an enemy, we need to know all about him we can. His past, his present, and what his plans are for the future. All right, let's talk about his past a little. The first time I read about him, he's a fallen.
Every place I read in the Bible where he fought God, he lost. He'd been losing for millions of years. What do you, why do you, would you think he'd win now? The first battle he had, he got kicked out. He thought, sure, he's going to win the battle with Job. But he lost it. He thought he was going to take Peter, but... Jesus said, I prayed for you. I took care of it, boy. He prayed for us, too. It's took care of. He has already took care of it. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, it looked like for a little while he lost. Somebody give me a little water here after a while. It looked like he, Jesus lost in Calvary's Hill. But that is the greatest victory God ever won against the devil. You talk about taking his pitchfork, pulling his teeth. Amen. And stomping his head. I heard somebody said, when you stomp a snake's head, kill him, he'll still wiggle till dark anyway, although he's dead. So I think the devil, he's just wiggling, he's dying. And... The one thing that torments him day and night, that there's not but one God. And God said to him over there, said, you're not a God. Said, you're coming down, boy. Said, why are they going to walk by and look on you and say, is he the fellow that did all of this? You're coming down, boy. You're going to get dehorned. And every time he thinks about it, he trembles. He quakes. He shakes. He almost has a nervous breakdown. There's one God. Now, my message goes back before there was ever sun, moon, or star. My message goes back before the first atom ever floated out in empty space. One God. That's all. There wasn't no angels. There wasn't no human beings. Amen. Just the eternal God that filled heaven and earth. And when he got ready to make this thing, he said, I did it. All alone, by myself. Now, I want to show you the force of this message. What I want to get across to you, if Jesus is in you, you remember when he walked the earth, when he met devils, you know what they did? They cried out, screamed out, Thou Holy One, 
one, you know. That bothered him because he was the Holy One. What have we got to do with you? Have you come to torment us before time? He knows God could do it. Now, he said, I'm going away, but I'm coming back. I'm going to live in you. Now, if Jesus Christ is in us, then the same devils seize him. But you see, we get so carnal and so doubtful, he can't break through. You know, if you want this to get into your system to where it'll work, you got to pray it in there, Sister Mangan. You got to pray this revelation into your faith, into your spirit, into your soul, into your body, into your blood, into your bones, into the marrow. Get it inside. There's one God. So why not think about what bothers the devil? Can you say praise the Lord? Now, this new age, this new call for ministers is a call to battle, not to a Sunday school picnic. This is war. This is war. Everybody say war. war. But you see, we got the difference. We've got it, but we've got it hanging on the wall. We've got the powerful ministry and the nine spiritual gifts. We've got everything we need. I watched a fellow. Remember my church? He's got one of them great big old machines. He just roll up to a big old tree and cut it down, just bite it in two, and carry it standing up over here and pile it over. Well, I didn't have that kind of deal when I was sawing logs. It took me a long time, and the feller on the other end pulling it. And finally the thing would fall, not every time where we wanted it. But you see, why would that feller leave that great big old machine at home and get him a stall? That's what we're doing sometimes. We're still out there with the handsaw. When God has the big quip equipment, the power equipment, the name equipment, He said, freely you've received, freely give. God gives you a gift today. Don't you be stingy with it. Praise God, fellow got a devil, cast it out, and then leave him into the rest of it. Now, if you open the man's eyes that are blind and you don't lead him to the Lord, you still fail. Praise God. Now, the revelation releases a mighty force when you are God conscious. Inside of you, that's in your innermost being. There is one. And every devil fears it. And when a man is in this frame of mind and faith, when he walks in, and you know there's a lot of preachers that this has happened to, demons start screaming. They can't take it. They're ready to run. 
Somebody said to me, said, do you pray the devil's out of a motel room? I said, uh-uh. I don't worry about it. I said, I'll let them worry. I'm a Jesus name, born again, son of God. And the devil knows that I believe in one God and that one God dwells inside of me. If he wants to hide on the bed and have a nervous breakdown, that's his trouble. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus went to his hometown, and he could there do no mighty works. No mighty works. Only a few sick folks. Isn't that strange? He's so kind and good and loving with unbelief and everything else. He still healed a few sick folks. But he couldn't do mighty works. But the thing the Lord's wanting to do his mighty works through us. But now, why couldn't he? They didn't know who he was. To them, he was the carpenter. They knew his brother. They had him in the wrong place. Amen. Just a carpenter. A lot of folks will never get the full force because they've got Jesus in second place. Why do people want to stick him in second place when he said over and over and over, I'm the first and I'm the last. I'm the beginning and I'm the end and I'm the alpha and the omega. Leave him where he said he was first. And then we're all set for the mighty works. Now, if they had to believe the angel's message about Jesus, said his name should be called Emmanuel, God with us. You see, if they had just believed that, they'd have had mighty works. They'd have had revival. The whole country would have been turned upside down. But they didn't believe the angel message. A lot of other people don't believe the angel message. Now, I want you to look with me in Acts 2.36. When Jesus, when Peter preached Jesus, both Lord and Christ, both Lord and Christ, that whole crowd began to cry out, Men and brethren, what must we do? When he said he is both Lord and Christ, those Jews knew that he was saying, He's Jehovah God. Amen. And they said, What must we do? Now, Notice that this one God sermon preceded that 3,000 soul revival. The force, the force of this name. All right, Revelation 4 and 3. And one sat on the throne. What I want to do today is to get you conscious of this when you're walking in motels and healing lines and wherever you're at. You're conscious of this. You don't have to beat people over the head. 
I used to debate this subject, public debates. That's not the way. You can't beat it into them. It comes by revelation. Right. You come by revelation. Just pray for them. I had people just lately sitting in my office. Didn't come there for that. They just came for prayer. I talk, began to talk to them like I'm talking to you. And all of a sudden, before I got through, they said, I see it. Would you baptize me in Jesus' name? It come by revelation. When we become God conscious and release this by faith, the devils know it before the people do. Revelation 4 and 3. And one sat on the throne. One. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunder. I want you to notice the force of his presence here. You want to look in Revelation 20 and 11. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, whose face the earth and the heavens fled away, and there was found no place for them. The force of his presence. When he released it, the galaxies disappeared. Everything fled. What do you think old Lucifer's going to be about that time? With a chain around his neck, wallowing in the pit. I served notice on him. Everything the Lord said about him up to today has come to pass. He has no reason to doubt the rest of it. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. The chain is coming, Lucifer. Now, this same Jesus said, if I be lifted up, lift him upright, not as a carpenter, not as a second person, lift him upright. He said, I'll draw men unto me. Amen. Now, God's blessed other people. Sure, he's a good God. But he told me, he said, if I'm bringing them in out of the wilderness, don't knock them in the head before I get them straightened out. Amen. The Lord's always going out there, you know, getting a hold of people. I told somebody, I said, Jesus couldn't hold a card with the UPC. But I, before you think about that too much, Peter, James, and John would have been one of us, I'm sure. But Jesus is out there shaking the brush. Talking to everybody and listening at him because he's trying to get them out. A lot of you was way out there when he started working on you. When did he start working on you? Aren't you glad they didn't knock you in the head whenever you got to the front door? Let you come on in. All right. I want to go back to where I was a while ago before anything. Then God created the heavens, the earth. 
Don't ever forget this as long as you live. This is, I never read this out of a book. It's in here, but it's not in the same words I'm saying it. The stories are there. When God created angels, they had one revelation. When they opened their eyes, there was one God standing there. They were created to worship one God only and to listen to His voice only. And when a second God appeared on the scene, a third of the angels fell and there was war in heaven. You can't get along with that two or three. You see, the devil knows this. If he can get you to have two, it's easy then to get three. And in your time and mine, they've got one big denomination has four. If you ever take on more than one, it's easy to take on some more. And the next one you're going to hear about will be the false prophet. He'll be the fifth one. And the next one will be the Antichrist. He had it planned all the time when he started this. He'll be the sixth one. Six, six, six. Got the world's mind conditioned to divide it. Because Satan fears it, he's camouflaged it and hid it. But I got news for you. The world's about to wake up the honest sincere people and far more denominations than you could ever think. God's begin to talk. He's begin to speak. But if we just preach and don't demonstrate, you know, the one thing going to convince them is Churches running over, people jumping out of wheelchairs, blind eyes open, revival, 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 revival. You don't go to the fellow that was feed sacks on his fence to ask him how to raise corn. You go to the fellow that's got a barn full. He didn't have to buy any. It's time! We have reached that point in this great and glorious church to rise up in Jesus' name and to go forth in His name. And we got a definite promise. These signs shall follow them that believe. Now, when the second God appeared, it caused war in heaven. It always causes war. God, he said he, he claimed to be one, but God said, you're not. And we know He's not. Nobody else. Then he created man. Put him in the Garden of Eden. He said, Here it is. He opened his eyes. One God came down and talked with him every day. One, that's all. We read anything about. But one day, we should always, always argue with God about this. He put that tree of knowledge in the middle of the garden. And I said, God, why didn't you put it? Why didn't you put it in there for? That's dangerous. 
Somebody liable to get killed. He said, I made man a free moral agent. I want to test him. All right. I said, God, at least you could have put it up in the corner of the field in a bar patch. The Lord's watching you. He wants to see what you got. Have you got it? Then you won't eat. But when that snake crawled in, I don't know why I let him in. Adam, yeah, that's right, Brother Tenney. Adam had authority and power over that snake. He had power over all the fowls there. Everything. Fish of the sea, snakes too. Amen. He had it, but he didn't use it. Amen. But I want you to notice what happened when Adam and Eve listened to the second God. That's why we go to the funeral homes. That's why we got graveyards. That's why we got hospitals. They listened to the second God. God didn't like it. He said, get out. He took him to the gate and said, get out. Make you live in the best way you can. With the sweat of your brow. You had it made, boy, but you took on a second one. And I don't like it. And then the great, marvelous, wonderful, beautiful church. Oh, how it was rolling in Jesus' name, baptizing in Jesus' name, preaching in both Lord and Christ. What a marvelous thing they had. Uh, I don't have time to get on that, but one day, 325, they added a couple more. Results the dark ages, and you can't deny it. The dark ages, black as a thousand midnights. And the Lord has raised this crowd up to show the world the light. He'll walk with us. He'll talk with us. Because He loves people that believe in His name. Praise God. Praise God. Now the Bible said... He that believeth on me, as the Scripture has said, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. He said rivers. Everybody say rivers. That's more than one. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture has said. He don't work outside of the Word. You got to believe as the Scripture has said. And then people who have the Holy Ghost, out of their innermost being, will flow rivers, rivers, a river of power, a river of healing, a river of miracles, a river of revival, rivers. Now, I want you to notice it said, out of his innermost being, up and out, not up and stagnate. 
up and out. Out. Get it out. That has to be done through faith in Jesus' name. Faith in Jesus' name turns it loose. And the river begins to gush. And we need some gushers, some chop movers, some log movers to take everything with it, wipe it out. Now, up and out, that's the secret, preachers. My phone rings day and night from young preachers, a lot of you out there, asking me about this. A word from the Lord. How do you get into a miracle ministry? And all these things. And let me ask all the elders here. Let's bear with these young fellows that's trying to exercise the gift. Might make a mistake. Did you ever make any when you preached? When you started out, did you ever make a mistake? Lord, I'd hate to hear. I'm glad I didn't have tape recorders. I don't like them too much now for me. How in the world anybody ever got saved, I don't know. But they did. Praise the Lord. You can receive today. And I have just delivered what the Lord has been talking to me about for a year. When you become conscious of this truth, the Word, the name... You see, it's so easy, preachers. Say, well, I believe the message. But is the message alive? Doctrine's good. But if the Spirit's not in it, it's dead. The little we see in church was doctrinally right, but spiritually dead. They had it, brother. As far as money, big church, and doctrine. But they were dead. You know why? I know Jesus was on the outside trying to get in. Doctrine's not worth a plug nickel if he's not in it. You can shine it up like Ezekiel's boneyard. The Lord didn't send him out there to shine bones. He sent him out there to get some meat on the bones. And life. Praise God. I know some Pentecostals would have been shining skulls and rubbing the cobwebs out of the, between the toes. The Lord said, prophesy. Come on, Ezekiel. Can they live? He said, you know. Come on, prophesy, he said. And when he listened to that one true God, that was the whole army standing on their feet, ready to march. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, the silliest question you ever ask yourself is, would God use me? But he used me. But he used some in the, in the Bible. 
didn't have too good a fast. That don't mean we shouldn't struggle for holiness every day. But I know there's good men that God wants to use. And you're sitting out here today. And when we line up here and you come through, receive it. How many have been praying for something to God? You've just been asking God about something. Now, the greatest revelation that ever came to men or angels in all eternity, one God. The next greatest revelation is the power of His love. He demonstrated on Golgotha's hill. And for you that are need of healing today, the next greatest revelation of love to you that He went to Pilate's hall for that body you're sitting in right now. He went to Pilate's hall and they almost beat Him to death. For a short time, a vision of Jesus standing in three feet of him when he came out of Pilate's hall came before my eyes. I looked. His lips were swollen. His beard had been plucked. His eyes were black, swollen almost shut. A crown of thorns set on his head. And I could actually see the blood trickling down, falling on his face. And then it faded and I saw him with a cross on his shoulder, struggling up Golgotha's hill. And I think of that when I pray for the sick. The devil, I said, devil, while I'm praying for this and you go look at what you did in Pilate Hall, that defeated you, you're whipped. Why do we let the devil roll us around and stomp us? Go back and read that again. Pilate Hall. He loves these bodies. He's, some, you know, we hear so often in the normal world, he don't care about your body, just your soul. The old body can do anything it wants to, don't matter, just the soul. But he redeemed us, spirit, soul, and body. Amen. Hallelujah. Get mean with the devil. Amen, amen. Get rough with him. Hallelujah. Tell him. Shout it. Devil, there is one God, and his name is Jesus. Stand up and say it. Devil, there is one God, and his name is Jesus. He's my healer. Now, let it happen. Hallelujah. 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 
It's happening. Now, do you feel it? You feel it? Everybody say, Jesus, I receive what you did for me in Pilate's Hall. By your stripes, I'm healed. I receive it now. Now. Thank him for it. Hallelujah. 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 Everybody say, Jesus. Honor your word. We believe you're God. We receive the blessing and the anointing. You see, that's the thing. When God looks through your eyes and listens through your ears and pulls through your hands, He did it, not you. Wasn't because you were smart or good. I hate to see somebody that tries to make you think they've got angel wings growing on their shoulders because God used them a time or two. I learned a lesson the first time I ever preached. I really thought I did a good job. I even bragged about it. The next time I got up, I couldn't even remember Genesis or Revelation. Lord, have mercy. Everything left, just like blackbirds of the tree. Thoughts just disappeared. He said, all right, boy, if you can do it, go ask it. Amen? Yeah, you remind me, Brother Tenney. A lot of fellows had them big signs up, you know, healing campaign, had the name on it. And I thought that sounds good. I'm fixing to have one up in a certain church and place and... I paid twenty dollars to have one painted. Barnes Heating Cafe. Man, that was pretty. My name I never had seen it look so pretty. Boy, I standing out of a tree looking at it. And the Lord said, Barnes Heating Cafe. He's talking to me. He said, I never heard of one. Then he said, I'll be seeing you. I said, now wait a minute, Lord. Just a minute, Lord. Just give me time to tear it down. Honey, I tore it down. I rolled it up. That is the last time that ever went up. When you get too big for your britches, brother, he'll just leave you hanging there. He knows how. The worst thing I find about fellows that gets in the gift ministry, 
They get, they let the devil sell them on. Everybody's against you now. You've got a gift. So he goes ahead and creates in about 50, 100 that's already against him, he imagines. And then he can't outpray that. That keeps him loaded down. That's the devil's trick. Who's against you for doing the will of God, the work of God? If he is, don't look for him. Let him worry about it. Go ahead and say they're my friends out there. Bless God if he's not. If the Lord will work here, he'll believe her before he leaves here. Praise God. You've got to get down to earnest prayer. Get down. Did you ever read in the Bible where Jesus prayed more earnestly? More earnestly. Man, that hit me. He prayed earnestly, but then he prayed more earnestly. Maybe that's a secret to some of us. Pray more earnestly. Amen.